what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. For the whole episode, we should make a point not to actually... Like, say a bunch of innuendos without actually drawing attention to it. Yeah, <laughs> don't laugh at all. Just like, mm. <laughs> I couldn't fit it in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> okay, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, Lord knows. Y'all know, though. I'll fuck that up because I'll laugh. Oh, I will, too. Hey, Ben, I, I think you've got some uh, background noise going on. Are you in a noisy spot? It's I'm outside, and it's been raining for three hours, so that's probably what you're hearing. It's hitting the top roof of the rear deck. Dude, your, your microphone sounds like a million dollars, though. Thank God. <laughs> that's so much better. You, you might sounded wanna... uh, mildly retarded prior to this. Well, that's just because I have terrible jokes, but <laughs> <laughs> the audio didn't help. Uh, we might... Uh, uh, go ahead. Something, something new this, we, uh, this time. We might want to try... Um... Muting, uh, muting microphones. If you're not speaking, we'll try to cut back on um, background noise. <clears throat> okay. Let's see if I. Yeah, it's worth a shot. Are we all here? Or are we waiting on senior. His picture's here, but I'm not. I'm not getting anything out of him. I'm. I'm not sure what he's doing. I think he I mean, probably he probably choked on a cigar. <laughs> I, I, I could believe that. I had a, a proposal. I mean, I think we'll all agree with this, and Mark Jr. said this earlier, is that the flavor is actually good. It's a mild smoke. The flavor's great. It's just massive. And it, it takes, I think, 70 or first of the number of hours it takes to finish this thing. But if they if they cut back on the size of it, and left it the 70 ring gauge, but made it like a five and a half instead of a seven. Instead of calling it the nub, they could call it the noob. Yeah. The big, the big noob. Because, I mean, the flavor is actually pretty good. But I wouldn't want to smoke this for four hours every day, for Christ's sake. They, they should just call this the dildo series. <laughs> <laughs> sure, let's, let's do that. I, I'm just glad that we didn't go with the 8 by 80 uh, yeah, I don't know if I would have been able to really do that. My, my mouth barely opens wide enough for this. <laughs> right. Damn it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I said it in text message, but uh, I was not a porn star in my past life because I really don't know what to do with this. I basically, just light it and then just hold it and just let it smolder in your hand. It's, it's basically a Kickstarter log for a chiminea. It's essentially <laughs> what it is. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of one of those things you, you buy to, like, quick start your fireplace. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. You light it, throw it in there, it just <laughs> it makes the flame. You just, light, you just light it on fire and just breathe in the smoke, the secondhand smoke. That's it. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, should, we, uh, should we kick this thing off, Mark? Or Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I'm sure Senior will drag his ass in here at some point. Cool. But... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. I believe we are at episode 19. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different tonight. We all have the same cigar, the E.P. Carrillo Inch uh, C99, uh, most notably in the 7x70 size, or as I like to refer to it, the Jerry Lewis Telethon of Cigars. Uh, you probably... Uh, and. Uh, ben and Kirk are in the peanut gallery and Senior, I'm sure, will show up at some point. But uh, I'm sure you've heard us many on many occasions uh, speak ill of the giant ring gauges and it occurred to us that we had never actually had one. So we're doing it tonight, damn it. And uh, I think Ben started smoking this thing like two hours ago. I started an hour ago. Uh, I did. Well, I started like quarter to eight and I've just now reached halfway. And that's yeah, I'm, I'm maybe... A, quarter of the way into it. And Kirk, I believe you just lit up, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm about a half inch in at the most. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you guys, what are you guys giggling at? <laughs> I don't know. Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing, nothing. So, yeah, uh, so yeah. I want to... I <clears throat> Because I'm not sure where this podcast will go, I do want to say that uh, I am a big fan of EPC in general. Uh, 
you know, not sure, not sure about this particular cigar, but uh, I do really like uh, like his brand. I think he makes good quality cigars, and hopefully, I enjoy this one as much as the other ones. Yeah, I'll, I'll second that sentiment. I, I'm a big fan of EP, and uh, the inch also comes in a six by sixty. Now, I've had that one before, and I enjoyed it. And this one has a, a very similar flavor profile. The wrapper is different, but uh, flavor-wise, it's actually quite nice. I, you know, it's got a little earthiness, uh, some nuttiness, and just enough spice to to make it enjoyable. Uh, one thing I found, okay, my first problem was I couldn't cut the damn thing because it wouldn't fit in my cutter. You know, it was like it was, it was too big for the hole. Yeah. I had the same, same same problem. I had the same problem. I actually I punched it, uh, knowing that my cutter wouldn't work, and then uh, seeing how small the punched hole was, I actually punched it a second time, like off to the side a little bit. So I actually have two two punches on the the head of this thing. Yeah, I I didn't I couldn't find my punch. I don't know what I did with the damn thing. So I took my my standard Zycar XI one and sort of started snipping around it and now I have sort of a of an octagon thing going on here where I snipped it like eight different times. Is it working out okay? Yeah, draw wise it's fine. It was it was quite frankly too much work, but uh, it is what it is. It is surprising that the draw is as good as it is considering it's not plugged up for as much tobacco as here. The draw and the, the flavor is impressive. Um, you would think it would be just plugged up and hard as hell to smoke, but it's not. I agree. I actually, uh, after punching it, I had no idea what to expect. And I uh, was actually pleasantly surprised to find that the draw was perfect. I mean, I've never had a double punch a cigar, so that's unique in itself. And then actually having a draw that was uh, exactly the right resistance, that is a, a good nod to EPC right there. He's He's known for quality. And I know he doesn't put out cigars unless they are high quality. So, one thing, another thing I'll say is when I first lit it up, I had this, and I've smoked the ass load of cigars in the last three or four years. But one one thing I'll say is I I sat there and I played with it and I tried to get it to light evenly, and I was trying to figure out how the fuck to smoke this thing. <laughs> I mean, do I do I wrap my whole mouth around it? Do I? Hashtag cat falls. <laughs> yeah, yeah ha- hashtag deep throat. Uh, and it took me a while, but I finally figured out I just kind of purse, purse my lips on the tip of it and draw. Uh, you're welcome <clears throat> for that little sound bite. But, uh, <laughs> We're not getting around this. It's just, it's yeah, just there's, there's no way to avoid it. I mean, it's... This thing is... I posted a picture on Twitter for any of any of you people that might be listening or want to go back and look at it, and my cutter and my lighter are sitting next to it, just to give you the size comparison to how gargantuan this damn thing is. It barely fits in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Mark, Mark, how did... (laughs) Welcome to the hour of dick jokes. Yes, I guess we might as well just get that out there. So, Mark, how did you come by these? Actually, th- this is all Senior's fault. Uh, he, he's he been big into uh, CigarBids.com lately, and he bid on them and won them, and then realized after the fact that they were 770s. Oh, jeez. So we got them, and he's like, I don't know what to do with these. I don't know if I'll ever smoke them. And I'm like, well, we can podcast it and uh, share the love. Has, uh, has Ian smoked his yet? Nope, nope. Ian is not. I'll see him this weekend. I'm actually, I think I'm going to take a lot of uh, photos of him smoking it. <laughs> That's blackmail potential right there. Exactly. What were the cigars he thought he was bidding on? These, but in a smaller size. He thought he was going for the 660s. Okay. But uh, he ended up with the 770s. Uh, senior doesn't have the greatest attention span, so there you or go. Or eyesight. He's old. He's old. Well, that's also true. Oh, I, just, yeah. I just realized I have I have my three fingers across the top of this cigar, my thumb underneath it, and for some reason, I guess I'm feeling fancy tonight because my pinky is in the air. 
<laughs> Is that the way your boyfriend likes it too? Thank <laughs> <laughs> well, you would be like right in front of the ember. It would just burn off if you didn't, if you didn't lift it up. <laughs> That's true. You could actually... This could be like a torture device. Yeah, big time. Line up for cigar burns. I mean, shit. It's massive. <laughs> you could burn someone's entire face off in one shot. Uh, I'm actually getting into it a little bit now, and I, w I will agree with you guys. Earlier on, I was, wasn't saying anything because I hadn't had enough of it to know if I was enjoying it, but the cigar is actually pretty tasty. I, I feel like I feel like the awkwardness of drawing on it is, is definitely taking away from my experience. Um, and not not to say I can't enjoy a cigar this size, but it is awkward to smoke. It at least feels awkward to me. And but the flavors really are good. I would. I feel like I would feel really really weird smoking this in public. Well, here's here's what I said because I was I was watching uh, videos like Cigar Advisor, things like that, just trying to get what other people had reviewed about it before I smoked it to kind of get an idea of what it was. And with Cigar Advisor, it was the two guys sitting on the couch, and they each had the 770. And just by watching them review it, it actually, from a third party view, didn't look as obscene as you would think. I mean, you don't it doesn't really capture your attention until you start getting closer up and comparing it to like your phone or other things, but just at first glance, I mean, it is monstrous, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it, it, it wasn't, I, you know, mind-boggling the huge when you see it, you see other people just, you know, sitting around smoking it. Jeez, Ben, are, they, are they, they coming to take you away, brother? Yes, they are. Oh, shit, you hear that? Yeah. They come by about 10 o'clock every night. Yeah, it sounds like gang warfare over there. It pretty much is. But, uh, has and I'll I'll direct this question more towards Ben because he's further into the cigar. But have you had any uh, burn issues with this thing? At around towards the halfway point, um, it did. I did have to knock the ash off, and it was I don't know what you call it when the ember is burning down the middle part of it, and it's not getting around the wrapper. Um, I had to tap the ash off and relight it around the edge to re-get a new burn. But other than that, it hasn't stopped burning. Uh, but that was the only issue I've had so far. It's been burning good yeah, I've had some issues with the wrapper, and it, it's tried to tunnel a few times, and I've stopped it from from doing that. But it, I don't know if it's if it's this particular cigar or if it's just that big, and the flame has some sort of trouble getting to the wrapper. In some cases, I don't know. But I've, I've had a little bit of burn issue with it. Yeah, surprisingly, a lot less than you would think. You think it'd have a huge burn issue, but it's actually burned quite, quite even considering its size. I will say I'm going to have to uh, refill my lighter with butane by the time this is over because I'm pretty sure it's going to take the entire tank. It did. When I first lit it, I, I held the lighter for what felt like forever, and I was getting the ember made and. But the black spots that's on it, I said earlier in the text, but it looked like the surface of the sun. This was giant smoldering ember and black spots. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, so I'm having a really good burn, uh, nice straight ash, but I do have some cracking in my wrapper. It's not, uh, it's not completely exploding yet, but I'm worried it might, uh, it might fall apart on me. Now that could be related to, uh, you know, maybe it got damaged in shipping or something like that too so I'm not, are you guys having any, any issues with that cracking wrapper? Not, Actually, no. not on my end. Not really. It's just you. Okay, well that's good. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you just don't know what you're doing. Yeah. First, you, first, you don't know, first you don't know how to handle something this size. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's okay. Where the hell is Senior anyway? He, uh, I'm texting him on the backside. He's having quote unquote. His phone is being a bitch, uh, whatever that means. But uh, for the past couple of shows, we've been doing our favorite uh, cigar from a brand. We're going to put a little extra spin on it tonight. We're going to go favorite and least favorite from a brand, and we picked a very, very, very special brand tonight that we think you're all going to love. Uh, 
It starts with a G and ends with an Urka. Uh, we're going to do Gurkha. I was going to guess Gurkha. That's a, that's a very good clue. Yeah, I was thinking Gurkha too, Mark. You're good at this. <laughs> well, I, di I didn't want to make it too hard. You know, it's like Trivial Pursuit, the uh, preschool edition. Yeah, this is actually the first uh, first riddle I've ever gotten correct. So, I mean, I'm pretty happy right now. I she solved something. So, I will let. Uh, actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'll kick it off tonight. My favorite Gurkha, without a doubt. The Cellar Reserve Limitada, uh, and Chalmers is the one who actually turned me on to this cigar. Uh, they're in the fine Patriot cigars back in the day. Uh, nice, nice dark wrapper. Uh, just a great, great, <clears throat> excuse me, great cigar. Uh, small cigar, you know, it's not a, it's not going to be a three-hour smoke like this thing. But uh, in terms of my favorite, that is without a doubt my favorite Gurkha. Uh, least favorite, I would have to go, I'll give it a twofold because it's kind of a set, their Beauty and the Beast line. Uh, quite frankly, between the two of those, I got nothing out of either one. Uh, no, Now, I did buy them online, so that could have something to do with it, but nonetheless, uh, favorite, Subtle Reserve Limitada, least favorite, Beauty and the Beast. Hey, there, Jim. Hey, man. Hey, man. Doing well, sir. Oh, Ben is uh, Ben is flirting with his neighbors. I am. Hey Ben, you know where your mute button's at? You should try it out. <laughs> yeah, it's right next to my. <laughs> so, so uh, I'll, I'll jump in here, uh, Mark. Uh, so with the Gurkhas, I'd actually agree on the Solar Reserve Limitada. I'll take it a, a slightly different direction, just so we're not too repetitive, and say the uh, the Maduro version. And I forget what do they call it? is that actually is that the limitada? Yeah, the the cellar reserve is the lighter one with the white wrapper. Oh yeah. And yeah. the lima, limitada is the Maduro. Oh, so that's the same thing. Okay, well I will I'll just say the cellar reserve then. Uh, honestly, I was super surprised by it. I didn't expect much because it was a Gurkha, has a flashy band, came in a big box, kind of the typical Gurkha presentation. But the cellar reserve. And the Cellar Reserve Limitada are both fantastic cigars. They uh, really kind of, I think they're only available in brick and mortar. And I've observed that the Gurkha cigars that are brick and mortar only tend to, I don't know, I think they smoke a lot more like the cigars we're used to having on a daily basis. They are, a lot of their online cigars, to me at least, seem almost like the same cigar over and over again. It doesn't matter if they call it Beauty or Beast or Red Dragon or whatever. It kind of has the same flavor, same roll, everything. But their brick-and-mortar cigars can be pretty good. And I think the Cellar Reserve and the Cellar Reserve Limitada are really the, the top of the top. Uh, I think uh, now the name has escaped me. Uh, ben, why don't you go ahead with your favorite Gurkha, and i got to think of the – I had it on the tip of my tongue, uh, my least favorite, but it'll come back. Oh, the Shaggy. I think it's called the Gurkha Shaggy. Does anyone remember those? The, sh the shaggy, shaggy. Yeah, I think that was what it's called. It had a shaggy foot on it. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, I haven't had one, but I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, they were yeah, kind of, they were kind of cheap. Uh, I know they were both online and brick and mortar, but uh, I don't know. I mean, they tasted to me, and this sounds corny because some people actually talk about this like it's a good thing, but to me, it tasted like orange peels, but like in a bad way. It was kind of like, you know, no one really wants to chew on an orange peel it's very bitter kind of acidic or chemical tasting and that's what I got from the the Gurkha Shaggies it was this very bitter bittery not so good flavor I'm gonna I'm gonna break in here just to just to tell a quick story since you bring up orange peels and things of that nature there, there, there's a story about uh, Cesar Romero who played the Joker on the original Batman that he would hire people to throw orange wedges at his naked ass. Okay. <laughs> so, what this, is, this has been your bit of random trivia. Uh, I heard that actually on the Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal podcast, a great podcast if you love old Hollywood stuff. That's, that's, anyway, the, end of, that's the end of the story right there? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was the story. That's just your random bit of trivia for tonight. So that's oh. like... You know, that could be a Jeffrey Peel at his ass. Is that what you said? 
Yes, you know, it's it, that's going to be a Jeopardy question one day. What celebrity like to have orange wedges thrown at his naked ass? Who is Cesar Romero? Bam, you win. Final Jeopardy. Well, thank wow. you. But, it, thank but you, anyway, back, back to whatever the fuck we were talking about. What Snapple drinks are you drinking to get that fact under the cap? That's what I want to know. This is some new-ass Snapple. That's what I want to know. I am the largest repository of random, absolutely useless, and sometimes disgusting information. <laughs> That's interesting. That's I think, an interesting fact. I think you should avoid saying suppository while you're holding such a large cigar. Fair enough. I, I, said, I said repository. Oh, Re, my, repository, not my suppository. Mistake. My mistake. We'll just, we'll just edit that out. <laughs> I, once, uh, I once went to the doctor and he, he subscribed me suppositories and came back a week later and told him that they weren't working, and he said, are you sure you're taking them right? And I said, of course I'm taking them right. What do you expect me to do, shove them up my ass? But um bum 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 You're welcome. Anyway, corny joke time is over. Hey, Ben, do you like yeah. any Gurkhas? Okay, so, so far, of the Gurkhas I've had, the I have not had the Solar Reserve yet, but I had the Gurkha Ghost. Um, from a brick and mortar, and it was surprisingly good for a Gurkha. I did not expect much up front, but it actually burned well. The flavor was good. It was kind of earthy and nutty. Um, the least favorite I've had so far, I think, was the Assassin that I had. I bought it from a brick and mortar. Don't know if it wasn't humidified right, but it had cracking issues, um, and the flavor was just, it tasted like aftertaste the, almost the whole time. Like I was always waiting for good flavor up front, but it was just it just tasted like a bad aftertaste and just discouraging. Um, uh, and I said in, in, in the text earlier, as far as that question was asked earlier, it's my favorite favorite uh, Gurkha. My least favorite Gurkha is the entire Gurkha brand. And my most favorite Gurkha is the Arturo Fuente Maduro. That is my favorite Gurkha. Um, <laughs> okay. Whatever. Um, that, that's that's my take on that. I had to tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I think that Gurkha is terrible. The topic I wanted to bring up. Um, are we good? Are we good with the Gurkhas? We all agree. Oh, that Gurkha is. Well, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna tell a quick story because this sounds like it applies directly to you, Ben. Okay. I met many, many, many people who were done with Gurkha, who had completely written them off who decided they were online and they were garbage and never, you know, they'd never like a Gurkha. And then I got them to try the Cellar Reserve and the Cellar Reserve Limitada, and and they were back on board. So I uh, that's my challenge to you is to seek out those cigars, give them a shot, and, uh, and we'll see what you think about it. Good, but, no, I would say there's good and bad, and I would argue almost every line of brand out there. There's not one brand that is just 100% on everything all the time. You really can't be. Um, so no, I, I've not had that many different Gurkhas, so I will challenge, take that challenge and see what I come up with. And you said something else too that reminded me of this. Uh, this is, I mean, I'm assuming that most of the listeners know that Gurkha is kind of famous for their branding. I mean, they have huge cigar bands. They even do some things like put knives in their cigar boxes. So if you buy a box, you get like a military-looking knife. Um, and and uh, Ben, you said something about the Gurkha Assassin, which comes in this like outrageously carved metal, wood, like hand-carved-looking box. Um, super intricate. And the thing weighs probably like 20 pounds just by itself without the cigars in it. But uh, that reminded me of the Spec Ops, the Gurkha Spec Ops. I remember which, yeah, that that one was okay. So god awful cigar. I mean, just terrible. But the Spec Ops comes in a forty count humidor, uh, like a travel humidor, and it has a big ass, like foot long military knife in there with like I think a thigh sheath. I mean, <laughs> totally, totally like a Rambo knife. Uh, and I, thinking back, I'm pretty sure Gurkha had to do that in order to sell that terrible, terrible cigar. And I'm, I'm pretty pretty sure they also jacked the price on that one to cover said knife. Yep, I, you know, maybe that was a $2 cigar that sold for $12 because they had a humidor and a knife in there. Yeah, their marketing is outrageous. I mean, they, 
nonsense that comes in and the, the elaborate bands, it's second to none. I mean, I've not seen anybody do that much effort in the marketing than Gurkha, so I will give them that. Um, and then they have these really hyper-expensive cigars, like that one um, that was reviewed. It's like 7500 bucks a stick. I mean, or just something insane. And that is just... I don't know what market that's for, and just someone to say, hey, they spent that much on a smoke, but... I I want to spin off what you said because you you sent us all a video last week that uh, I forget who it was that was reviewing it on YouTube, but a guy reviewed the uh, His Majesty's Reserve or whatever the hell it's called. That seven hundred. Cigarobsession.com is the guy who does it. What was that? Cigarobsession.com. I forget his name, but that's the name of the website. Yeah, he seven hundred and fifty dollar cigar comes in a glass tube. The first thing that happens is he can't get the cigar out of the fucking tube. Yeah, that's a problem. Because the band is, like, too thick, and it won't let the cigar slide out. So he literally has to, like, basically fuck up the end of the cigar to get it out of the tube. So he just fucked up the foot of a $750 cigar just to get it out of the tube. Yeah, he used, like, small needle-nose pliers to pull it out. And that's... <laughs> that's not necessary. It shouldn't be. I, I can't even describe how pissed off I would be if that happened. I mean, not that I have $750 to spend, but still. Yeah, I I just think that's just for someone to say they spent that much. There's no way there's that one. Yeah, they have that one that's like dipped in Ting Louis XIII's cognac or something like that. I mean, just pure marketing, really. Oh, yeah. I agree. there's no, yeah, there's no point. I mean, I'm sorry. If if it's a pre-embargo Cuban cigar and there's only a few left in the world and and you had $750 that you didn't need for anything else, then maybe I could see spending that amount of money on a cigar. But uh, other than that, uh, no, definitely not. Agreed. I think the, the most expensive cigar I've probably bought in the last... I don't know, two or three years was probably that Rocky, uh, it was an anniversary, I can't remember what the anniversary 50th, was, but it had the, the, the orange yeah, one with the 50th yeah, anniversary. Yeah, it had that kick-ass orange band on it, and yep. that one was good, but still, I mean, to me, it wasn't a $22 cigar. Yeah, I think, well, is that what it was, it was 22 bucks? That sounds right. Yeah, it was, it was somewhere in that range, I mean, it was one of the, at that time, it was the most expensive cigar I'd ever bought. Yeah, I think, don't get I me think, wrong. Go ahead. I was say I think we only had one more expensive, which was like one of the Padron anniversaries, thirty bucks. Yeah, because wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. It was some kind of Padron. Because it, it was in the fancy humidor with the the triads. Oh, that's right. I did have triads at a hundred bucks a piece. I think. Yeah, oh, those. Gurkha. Yeah, I think actually Alan wound up with the. What was left of the triad stock when when the store closed? Because he got them for, I think, ten bucks a piece or something like that. Holy shit, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah he, he made out like a bandit. Oh, that's great. Sorry, but, you're uh, you're talking about the Rocky Patel. Oh, I, I'm done with that. But uh, oh. uh, Ben, at least. Yeah, it it wasn't bad at all. Okay. Like I said, I, I don't think I'd go spend $22 again just to have it again, but if, if I caught them on an auction or something for a decent price, yeah, I'd buy them. Did you do it literally just to see what all, if, if it lived up to the hype for the money, just to kind of try it out? Yeah, I, w- I was young and fresh in the cigar world, and you know, I was I was new to Kirk's shop, so I wanted to throw my money around and look fancy. and Trying to like impress that. me. Yeah, yeah, you know. So um, my cigar is kind of kind of having some issues here with the cracked wrapper. I mean, it's not uh, not blossoming them out or anything like that, but a little bit of a dry issue at this point. I'm hoping the cracks kind of get themselves under control. I'm I'm about uh, maybe one third of the way into this thing. It is smoking really slow. I mean, normally I'd probably be more than halfway done with the cigar by now, and I feel like I'm only an inch in. Yeah, I feel like you could easily play 18 holes of golf with this damn thing. You could probably still, still smoke it on the way home. You could probably watch nine innings of baseball. Yeah, 
and it's a it's a big cigar. I think that is literally just intended purpose. It's mild enough to smoke, but it's just something where if you just want to be smoking something the whole time without relighting a new cigar, just want something there. And the other argument is, you know, if they buy these big ring cigars, that they're getting more value for the money, more tobacco for the price. Um, this is how much do these cigars go for at retail? Like 12, 13 bucks? Yeah, roughly. Roughly. So people think they're getting like two or three full cigars in one, I guess, for the amount of tobacco that's here. Um, now, now, I will say, I love the flavor. The flavor. If if they took this same blend and put it in a Churchill or a Robusto or, or something more reasonably priced, I, I have a feeling it would be something that I smoked somewhat regularly. But in this 770 size, I, I just wouldn't do it again. Yeah, it's got the... You said this is the... C99, so the Corojo 99 wrapper on here, and the flavor is good. No arguments. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, the flavor is pretty good. There's some weird noises coming from over there. <laughs> Sorry, I keep... Maybe it's the man I'm getting like feedback in my in my headphones or something. It sounds like someone's rustling a camel. <laughs> yeah, it was like a... Almost like a subdued bear or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's my two dogs. They're going to be there. Ben, you also brought up a another topic uh, just the other day. You texted it to us talking about new smokers and what you would recommend to them. And you kind of brought up an interesting point. You know, if, if somebody's new, would you want to recommend a Connecticut, something light, or would you want to go with something uh, something a little deeper, not necessarily a Maduro, Oscuro, or anything like that, but give them something more of a medium that would be full flavor? And to me, the more I thought about the topic, it, it seemed like the answer to me was to go something medium. Because if you start out Connecticut, it might be too too light, or they might not get enough flavor out of it to enjoy it. Because, as we've discussed on this show many times, if you don't pick the correct Connecticut, you, you can end up with a bland, kind of grassy smoke. Whereas if you give them something in the range of like a vicarious blue, uh, you get sheer perfection. You're welcome, Jerry. We love you. Agreed. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I'd love to hear your guys' opinions on that. Yeah, and, and I didn't really pay attention until you know, until I saw it on, online. I was reading about it, and it's like, well, I didn't really thought of it that way. If you give someone a cigar that's just so light, there's not a lot of flavor, then the new cigars more than the world, there's, they don't really, they may not get it. Um, but if you give them something that's too strong, then they're like, oh my god, this is like smoking, you know, elephant shit. And I don't know what, what. It's just too much. They, they don't get it. So you got to work your way up to the palate. So you, like you said, somewhere in the middle where there's some flavor, but I guess you really have to kind of know if you're a cigar retailer, like you work where mediums with a lot of flavor stand to make a recommendation for that. Now you've owned the shop, so when you're making a recommendation, what, what do you think? So I think the most important thing that because you guys are both touching on something that I think is common in the cigar industry where people talk about flavor, but we also talk about strength. So the comments about the Connecticut wrapper, I'm assuming were about you pick a Connecticut because it's light strength. And that's a good safe choice. So you've got your Romeo and Julieta, uh, the Reserva Real. That's a Connecticut wrapper. It's light in flavor, but there are good flavors. And it's also light in strength. Then you also have things like the Perdomo Champagne, which is another Connecticut that has decent flavors. Now, both of those are cigars I would recommend to someone who came in and said, I have never smoked a cigar before. What do you recommend? That's a safe choice. Uh, my main goal was always to hand them something that would not make them sick. Because if you want to make sure that someone never smokes a cigar again, let them get sick on their very first one. So even... Even something like a Tabaka Special, or I don't really like the Javas, but uh, by Java by Rocky Patel. Uh, Tabaka Special is, again, it's a light strength cigar with good flavor. Now, having said all that, 
I typically would feel people out a little bit if they have smoked cigarettes, if they ever dipped or anything like that, or have any sort of tolerance for tobacco. Then I'd feel pretty comfortable offering a, a medium cigar and going for something that most people find enjoyable. Maybe the Arturo Fuente, the Hemingway. It's a medium strength cigar with medium flavors, but the flavors are kind of, you know, a little bit sweet, a little bit light. Or maybe something like the Rocky Patel Vintage 1992. Again, it's a light to medium strength, and the flavors are kind of also not in your face strong, like Ben said, smoking an elephant shit but they're also noticeable, so it's not like you're just smoking grass. Uh, so long story short is I think it really depends. I think there's no right answer for everybody, but having a conversation about it and always err on the side of lighter strength cigars because you don't want them to get sick. They'll never come back if that happens. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. You know, you want to avoid anything in the Lajero market because, I mean, that's just going to knock their damn head off. Yeah, d but, don't, go, don't go with the Kane F. On the first yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't go with anything tame. Yeah. It's uh, and really, you know, when you talk about strength, there are Connecticut's out there that that can throw you for a loop. Camacho's got a strong Connecticut. Uh, Nomad has a strong Connecticut, also. That you know, both of those kind of fall into that not your granddaddy's Connecticut category, but. You know, it, it's a very hard choice, like Kirk said. you got to really, if you've got 10 or 15 minutes to sit there and talk to these people and say, okay, what have you done before? You know, do you like strong flavors? Do you, you know, there's 100 questions you could ask, but it's just, I, I hesitate to say there's one right answer because there's not. It depends on the person. I can see that. You have to kind of know where, what experience they've had with tobacco in the past, and if it's none, then you know, give them something on the milder side because you know they're not, they don't have any tolerance or used to it yet. Um, so I think doing a little, I guess, like an interview or you know, just talking to them and okay, so where where are you at? You know, in tobacco experience, will help guide you to uh, a safe, safer cigar for them. And really, you know, in in that category, you know, I, I could always recommend, of course, like a, you know, a Swisher Sweet Grape or something, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's always a safe bet. I mean, I know you you and your dad keep those stocked. Uh, in your yeah, you, you know, we, uh, I don't know if you guys knew it or not, but Senior got this fancy uh, temperature-controlled uh, humidor with drawers and shelves and fanciness and Really, the, the top shelf is where the special stuff is. That's where our, you know, flavor assortment of Swisher and Black and Mild stay. Is that where you're aging the Swisher? Yeah, you know, you those really, you, you got to get a year or two on it to really get the flavor out of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> to really get that full, that full grape strength out of the cigar. Or, 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 <laughs> I like the red wine myself. Yeah, it, it's a lot like wine. You have to, the, the longer it sets, the better it is. Yeah, you give me a couple acids, and I'm good for life. Like I don't need anything else. <laughs> if I've got some acids in my humor, I'll skip any Padron or an acid all day. Um, Eileen's Dream. I mean, it's just good stuff. Eileen's <laughs> Dream. Yeah, it's just good stuff. You know. What, what, what's that one? There's one. I think CAO makes it the Moon Dance or Moon Trance, wasn't yes, it? Yes, that's yeah, something like that. And they have they're, cherry they're... cherry bomb. There was one guy that used to come in, the few times I worked at Patriot, there was one guy that would come in and get a tin of those moon trace, or whatever the hell they were, every time. That was like the, that was his thing. Yeah, there's also, do you remember the Tatiana Groovy Blues? Oh, God. I remember you opened one of those for me, like, just opened the wrapper, and it's like, the entire shop smelled like bubblegum. Yeah, yeah, I know. We didn't even let it on fire. We just opened the wrapper, and the whole shop smelled. Yeah, it was uh, crazy. Yeah, it was like a horror with too much perfume. <laughs> yeah, the groovy, groovy blues. It, it, but I don't yeah, know if it was groovy, but damn. You, you know, one question I used to ask uh, first-time shop visitors was if they drink liquor. Uh, you know, if they drink whiskey or bourbon or scotch, or maybe they just like wine and beer, whatever the case. But based on their response, that helped me a little bit understand as well how strong of flavor they might be interested in. If they think, you know, if they don't drink whiskey or scotch, then maybe a super flavorful 
uh, cigar isn't what they're looking for, at least early on. So that's something else, too. I always felt more comfortable recommending a medium strength or a bigger flavored cigar to, to guys who drink liquor, just because I know that their palate is used to kind of more abrasive flavors. Well, and, you know, you've got that whole category of uh, rum and bourbon, quote-unquote, infused cigars like the Maker's Mark and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. The, the, I don't care for those cigars much. They, If I remember correctly, the Maker's Mark is considered, like, medium strength, um, and it is a smooth cigar, I guess. I just uh, maybe I'd throw that in there with the acids. Probably. You know, I am I am really surprised at how popular acid is because I've smoked four or five different ones and the Cuba Cuba is the only one that I can even tolerate. The rest of them just, I, I can't stand them. Yeah, I think it's a love-hate relationship. <clears throat> they, uh, they definitely have a huge following. I mean, even today, away from the cigar world, a little bit more, you know, I'll still talk to folks about cigars, and a lot of them, a lot of these guys who don't smoke often, they're kind of like the once or twice or a few times a year. Those are the guys who are smoking acids. But, the, you know, the odd part is, and this this has happened yesterday, a coworker wanted some help picking out cigars. And uh, I, I said, well, what do you normally smoke? And he said, and he was, he was ashamed to say this, but he said, oh, I like those, I like acids. But I could tell on his face that he wasn't, very proud of that. Maybe it's like the equivalent of saying, I like strawberry daiquiris. <laughs> I, yeah, there's, there's virgin, a certain... Virgin strawberry daiquiris. Uh, you mean a virgin mimosa? Yeah, fucking orange juice. <laughs> I, was, I think I was already partly buzzed when you asked me when I said that. It's like, yeah, virgin mimosa, it's like, what is it, fucking orange juice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the backstory to that. When we were at Tweet Up, they do a mimosa and a Bloody Mary bar in the mornings, and I bought Ben a, a mimosa, and it had a cherry in it. And when I walked over there and handed it to him, he's like, "Is this a virgin mimosa?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I was like, what do you mean? It's fucking orange juice if it's, if it's virgin." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there's a thing I saw. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you got started earlier than we did that day. I was like on my third mimosa or bloody mary. I was just drinking it up. I didn't care. You know, it was like eight o'clock and nine o'clock in the morning. I give a shit. I got a big breakfast anyway, so we put the cherry in. I thought it was a. And then he deduced that it was well, not just fucking orange juice. I was paying five dollars for a glass of orange juice. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a, mix, a very expensive glass of orange juice. Good lord. Uh, getting getting back to the EP here, just a little bit. I'm. I would say I'm close to the halfway point, but I've been at it for, God, probably at least an hour, probably an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, Kirk, you mentioned it earlier. This this thing is smoking very, very slowly. Uh, I could probably still be smoking this thing at 3 o'clock in the morning if I wanted to. Yeah, you know, and I'm enjoying that that portion of it, I guess. I Sitting down at you know nine o'clock and lighting up might not have been the best idea because I think I'll be here till after midnight. But you know, on other days, you know, a family picnic or maybe out on the boat or on the golf course, something like this could be kind of nice. Where you got one cigar and you know it's going to last, you know, three four hours probably. Yeah, that would that I guess that would be the one advantage of uh, you're going to the ballpark, you're going to play golf, whatever. You don't want to carry the humidor. You don't want to carry a bunch of stuff. You you carry one of these and a lighter, and you smoke the same thing for six hours. Yep. That's uh, probably something worth mentioning. If you ever – I'll mention it when I give it to my brother. <laughs> that, uh, you know, this is a big commitment. Uh, I think he'll enjoy it. But uh, time-wise, yeah, this isn't something that you can kind of – you know, you can't just sneak out and have a little smoke with this guy. Yeah, it's and, and like I said, I, I really like the flavor. I if they had a six sixty, which I think they do, I'll check and make sure. But I I, I could see smoking it in the six sixty again, but I wouldn't go seven seventy. And they also make this bad boy in an eight by eighty. If any of you are feeling phallic today, how is that even? Po I mean, seriously, that that has to be partially a joke because 
I'm a normal size guy. I'm a little bit bigger than average, and this cigar is just everything about it is too big. It's too big for my hand, too big for my mouth, and it's going to take way too long. Anything bigger than this would just be just comical. Yeah, I was I was in a shop in Birmingham. Uh, this is probably three or four months ago, and I believe it's Asylum that makes an eight by eighty, and one of their uh, I don't know the particular line, but there was there was a big burly biker dude in there, and he was smoking this eight by eighty. And there was even as big a guy as he was, you know, he was probably uh, I don't know, probably six three, probably three hundred, three hundred twenty pounds. I mean, even at his size, just this giant object hanging out of his mouth, it just it was unnatural. <laughs> Sorry, I just inhaled <laughs> accidentally. Um, uh, it tasted great. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, it's it, it's almost like you're a teenage girl trying to figure out how to give your first blowjob with this thing. <laughs> yeah. Where, what what end do I light? Where do I put it? <laughs> oh my god! What do I do with this? So big. Yeah, that's. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh boy, that prison works out. changes people. Okay, prison will change you. Just you don't, you don't know. You just don't know. That's why I switched asses. <laughs> oh so, lord. So change changing it up a little bit. Have you guys had a chance to smoke anything new or interesting lately? Uh not anything new. Now I have recently rediscovered some old favorites, uh, the Lucia Black and White. Both excellent cigars. Uh, I came across a, an auction for some of those and probably hadn't smoked them in a year. And it's one of those things where there's so many choices that you, you forget these favorites. And another one that I came across and smoked earlier today the that's fairly new, uh, second time I've had it, the Hoya Red. I know uh, Drew was nice enough to send us some samples back when that first came out. But uh, that was one I hadn't had in a long time, and it's also very good. It's gonna, not to the Quattro Cinco level, but it is good. I'll put you on the spot a little bit, Mark. Uh, how does the Hoya de Nicaragua Red compare to some of the other Hoyas you've had. Not the, not the Quattro Cinco, that's the limited release, but maybe some of, like, the uh, the Antonio or the, what is, their 1970, I think, is one of their lines. Uh, putting the Quattro Cinco aside, my favorite Hoya is the Antonia, or Antonia, however you say it. Antonia, that is a very good smoke. I've had several of those. They are very good. Yeah, I've, I've had it in several different sizes. Really, really like it. Now, the Hoya, or excuse me, the Red, is considerably lighter. Uh, the red is very much mild to medium. Uh, I forget the wrapper that it has on it. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Uh, if I was guessing, I'd say it's somewhere in the Habano family. But okay, it's it's much lighter. It's it's a good early day smoke. It's not smoke. It's not something I'd want to smoke after a heavy meal because I don't think I'd get a whole lot out of it. But it's definitely a good. <clears throat> Uh, lunchtime smoke in my book. Speaking of, of morning and, and lighter cigars, I came across one the other day that the, the second I saw it, I knew I was leaving the, the store with it. It's it's a CYB. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that brand, CYB. Yeah, I've... Those are in the Chattanooga Tweed Up giveaway bags pretty much every year you get one. That's... Um, no. Myself and Senior don't like them, but I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on it. So the, the CYB to me is one of the smoothest, just easiest smoking cigars I've ever had. There's just nothing offensive about it, no bitterness or any bad aftertaste. Uh, it's, I believe, uh, someone will have to spot check me on this one, but uh, I think the B in CYB is for Blanco, Jose Blanco. Um, and... CYB was distributed under Drew Estate, and some time ago, I think Blanco split from Drew Estate, and so the CYB has actually been discontinued, 
And so we won't be seeing it available for too much longer. And I have a feeling that once once some of the mass inventory dries up, I bet that's going to turn into one of those hard-to-find, people-are-willing-to-pay-lots-of-dollars-for-it kind of cigars. The uh, If you guys are familiar with a website called halfwheel.com, uh, Half Wheel is a cigar website where all of the ratings and stuff, instead of being done by some, you know, suits, sit in a room smoking, you know, 30-year-old cigars, all the reviews and, and all the ratings on Half Wheel are, are provided by just normal cigar smokers. They log in, they say, I gave it a 7 out of 10, and, you know, you get a few hundred people doing that, and then these cigars end up getting ratings, and at the end of the year, Half Wheel publishes their their, their top 25 based on the people. And CYB, I know it was the cigar of the year for uh, Half Wheel, um, my, maybe it was like 2012 or 2013, and I think it's been in the top 10 ever since as well. Uh, it's just, that's a cigar I certainly would hand uh, a, someone who's new to cigar smoking or even a veteran who's looking for just a light morning or afternoon cigar. It's been, gosh, probably at least a year since I smoked one of those, so I may have to uh, hunt one down and give it another try. They're, they're, they're very expensive. They're they're good value for money. They're not. I don't think they're that pricey. No, they're not. And that was that was Ben. That's what excited me. I saw they actually had a Lancero version, which I'd never seen. I think Lancero might be a limited release beyond you know what what's normal. Uh, and those were in Minnesota. Those were only eleven dollars, which is about as cheap as you can find a cigar in Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, Lancero CYB. I had to get one and. I'll probably smoke it soon, and if and if I like it as much as I think I will, I'll go back and buy a handful more. Yeah, and uh, I think Mark, when when we were at Tweet Up, um, I've had it before, but uh, introduced you to it was the 1502 Ruby, the Lancero. Yes, uh, I yeah. tried that cigar. I think at the previous Tweet Up, and just that Enrique just gave me one, I guess, because he was at that event. Uh, and fell in love with it. It's a wonderful smoke. I've not had any other size. I'm not sure if they make it any other size. Uh, they do. They do. Uh, they make it. They only had a small little section. It took us 45 minutes to find the damn thing, but it was just a small section of 1502. I think it was all Lanceros. Uh, delicious smoke. Yeah, the, the original three 1502s were the, the Ruby, the Black Gold, and I want to say the Emerald, but they were in larger the sizes. But now the 1502 Ruby in the larger size is good, but the Lancero is damn near perfect. Uh, I, I was actually you recommended it to me at Tweet Up, and I bought one, and it it shocked me how good it was. Uh, speaking of that, I need to go buy some more. I, I need to go find a 1502 uh, retailer and get me some more of them. Yeah, it is pretty good, and it's it is impressive. I've been seeing something lately that really, I don't know, I'm pretty happy with, and that's a lot of uh, Lanceros coming out. You know, these are not not always in new blends or anything either. These are old blends that, for you know, I think the market is maybe swinging that way a little bit, where uh, moving away from the 6x60s and bigger and switching over to Lanceros. Uh, conversely, I will share a quick story that when I was buying my CYB Lancero, <clears throat> I asked the shop owner who was standing there what he thought, and if he if he was kind of going towards the Lancero Corona sizes, and he said no, he's a he is a six by sixty or seven by seventy cigar smoker, and that's that's all he wants. Uh, he said he doesn't mess around with the small stuff. So uh, maybe I'm incorrect in that, but I I really like seeing other people. I've seen a lot of Lancero samplers where people are going out and finding ten Lanceros, ten different cigar types putting them together and, and throwing an auction out there on some of the cigar blogs, and I think that's great. i a uh, huge fan, huge fan of Lanceros. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you on that one. It's Quite honestly, it may be one of my favorite cigar sizes. Uh, you really, in that Lancero, you really, really get to taste that wrapper more so than you do in a lot of the larger ring gauges. And to me... Don't get me wrong, the 7 by 70 you're going to get a shit ton of flavor out of it, but you, you have a lot better chance of isolating those individual flavors, to me, in the smaller sizes, like the Lancero. Yep, and the and 
you know, I've never blended a cigar, so I guess I'm not 100% certain, but the wrappers are the best leaf, typically. It's it's the highest quality. It's typically the most rare. You know, they're not going to stick some 15-year-old, you know, aged tobacco into the filler, I don't think, typically. Maybe they do sometimes, but the wrappers are typically your best leaf, and so, yeah, that's the one I really do want to, uh, you know, taste. Yeah, so and let me ask you this, because this is what I've seen more of a, of a trend, because I was, I was at my local shop, and Room 101 came out with, I want to say, like an 8x8. It's called the Payback, um, and it's the, they're not expensive cigars, like 6 or $8 cigars, but they're just they're massive. And I think, I, I want to say that the popularity of larger ring-gauge cigars is kind of weaving its way into different brands. Like I think EP Carrillo sort of set a standard for that. But I'm noticing there's larger re-gauges from other people kind of following suit slowly. Um, in your opinion, do you see this being more of a trend that just kind of limited to one or two brands that do this? Uh, I, go ahead, Mark. I, I will say I, I think the larger re-gauge thing is a trend. And quite frankly, I hope it's a trend that dies eventually. Now, we have one shop uh, within an hour of here in Gadsden, Alabama, called Old Havana. And going into that shop, uh, you're very hard-pressed to find anything smaller than a Robusto. And quite frankly, the Robustos probably make up less than 15% of their inventory. Everything else is uh, 660 or above. And I love the shop, but I, from my personal taste, I can't find a lot of things that I want to smoke in there. Like, they've gone so heavily into large ring gauges, which, I mean, granted, it's what their customers are buying, so it's what they have to do, but it's just not a trend that I hope lasts forever. I, You know, Mark, I'm with you on that, on the hoping it's a trend, but, you know, two years ago, I thought it was a trend. You know, Christoph and, I mean, a lot of cigar companies, uh, Panacea, a lot, I'm trying to rattle some off here, but a lot of cigar companies who typically would stay to traditional sizes were coming out with 6x60s. I mean, Gurkha has a 6x60 in, like, every single line now. And maybe I'm, I'm wrong on that, but, uh, you know, I really do hope it's a trend. It's not a traditional size. I would say that it probably started as a gimmick, and now it's people are liking it, and so they just keep pushing it further and further with a 7x70 and 8x80. Um, you know, I, I can't see it getting much larger than that because it just wouldn't be smokable. But, yeah, I mean, two years ago I thought it was a trend and I was hoping it would go away, and it really didn't. Now, having said all that, uh, different markets, because my cigar shop, granted, I didn't offer a lot of 6x60s or larger. I maybe had uh, 10 out of 200 t types of cigars. But but that was because people weren't asking for them, you know, and, and if they really wanted them, they would pick from the 10 I had available. But for the most part, I think the serious cigar smokers, the guys who go for flavor, the guys who are doing this on a regular basis, they either don't have time for 6x60s or they're not interested because, as Mark and Ben and I discussed, that the flavors aren't quite the same. Um, you know, 6x60s might be perfect for someone who wants a two-and-a-half-hour cigar that costs $8. But if you want... If you want a one-hour cigar that probably tastes better and also costs eight dollars, you know you're you're gonna go for the the, the more traditional size. Yeah, Hemingway. And on that subject, well, let me say one thing. When you said Christoph, it it dawned on me a cigar that I've had recently. I've had it before, but it was another discovering a, a requited love. Christoph has a, I believe they call it the Christoph Maduro Lancero that is just out of this world. Yes, yes, 100% yes. Yeah, that, that may be actually my favorite uh, Christoph uh, of everything that they do. I would agree. Going, going back to the our, this uh, 7x70 monster, my despite all the cracking I had on the wrapper, the cigars kind of burned through it as I approached the halfway mark. And then there was some serious cracking. The wrapper was kind of peeling off, and I kind of thought it was a lost cause. But EPC's construction here, I think, pulled it back in because the cracks are, are about to burn off um, as I get to the halfway point. And uh, um, not quite to the halfway point, but still got a razor-tight burn on this thing. 
the ash is thick. I mean, I've tapped it a few times, but I bet if I didn't, I bet it would hold on for a long time. And the flavors, honestly, I haven't had a bitter draw yet. I mean, if I take my time and do a nice slow draw, it's just the flavors are really pleasant. I mean, I, I, it, despite this being a very awkward cigar, I'm enjoying it. Has your flavor profile changed as it smoked? Because for me, it's been fairly pretty consistent all the way through, and I'm down to past the halfway mark, and the flavor's been the same. I haven't noticed any changes, so I guess that's a good thing if you just want the consistency of it. Mine's kind yeah. of... Mine's kind of mellowed out a little bit, but I think that's probably the standard. I mean, first, third tends to come in a little bit harsh. So mine's mellowed, but other than that, yeah, it's pretty consistent. Yeah, I, I am very surprised about a couple of things with this cigar, and the consist <clears throat> excuse me, the consistency is one of them. Uh, how smooth it is, is is the other. Honestly, it's very smooth. You look at it, and you just kind of picture the the just massive amount of tobacco that's in there. It's a credit to the people that E.P. Carrillo has rolling these cigars that they can get that consistency in the blend and smooth this and actually have a cigar that, despite a few burn issues, has been uh, a very easy smoke, despite its size. So would you... Would you smoke this on any regular basis? No. No. Nope, I would not. Agreed. If, if they dropped this same blend in a Robusto, absolutely. But as is, no. I think I think a 6x60 in this could be really enjoyable. I mean, I, I have... For it, though. You won't, I mean, that's about as much as you want to go. I think so. I, I highly doubt. I highly doubt the, the the positive experience we're having with this has anything to do with the size, the seventy ring gauge. Um, you know, I think this blend would be just as great with a uh, a six by sixty profile, or I would love to try it in in like a Corona even, uh, with like a you know a forty six ring gauge. Maybe, yeah, it, maybe. Would, it would be interesting to see in a smaller size. How much more of that Corojo 99 wrapper you get versus this larger size? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. The flavors are—I mean, the flavors really are nice, though. Um, it's—it's it's actually conflicting because I truly am enjoying the cigar, so it's odd to say that I wouldn't want to smoke it again. But it's just—I uh, think the size is just—I mean, it's too much of a commitment, and it's. Uh, it's just awkward. Yeah, it's it's awkward, and in in a strange way, it's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, it's a lot to hold. It's a, it's a lot to draw on. Uh, it's a lot to touch up. There's there's just a lot of things going on that that I'm not normally thinking about when I smoke a cigar. Yeah, you do have to kind of watch it and. It is, it's, yeah. You, you kind of have to pamper it and throughout the smoke, but, you know, unless you, if you want to put the time in, that's fine. I was expecting this when I first bought it to just canoe like hell. Like, there was no way you could get a consistent burn out of something this large. So, like you said before, it is impressive that the rollers are able to do, you know, build it and construct it that, that well. Um, but, no, and even like, you know, what you said, Kirk, I mean, even with the crack, it burned through it and came back around, so... That, that, that is impressive to me. But but one thing I'm happy to say is that as much as we've talked about this topic on this show, at least we can finally say we tried it. You know, we granted did. we're not crazy about the size, but we gave it a shot. So I I feel comfortable. I feel vindicated about all the the things we've said about seven by seventies and eight by eighties in the past. Yeah, we're not. We are judging it based on actual. Smoking to give it a fair, fair shake. I don't, you know, I would say if if I had to assign a, a rating to the cigar, I, I'd probably give it an eight, maybe even more than an eight, because the fla- I mean the flavors really are that good. I just uh, maybe maybe it comes down to just you know the size is not not for me. 
Um, so I, I definitely, I, I mean, I would never buy one on my own. Yeah, if you're uh, a large ring gauge advocate, this is the cigar for you. If you like larger ring gauge, this is it. That's a, yeah, good, good, uh, good call, Ben. And with that said, this has been Cigar Testers episode 19, the Gargantuan 7x70 episode. Uh, I think we did good getting the, the dick jokes out in the beginning, and we got into some serious talk. And uh, I think possibly for a future show we should try this. I'll try to hunt down and see if there is a 6x60 and see if we can get our hands on it and maybe do this again with a smaller version of this cigar. I've got some uh, some Lanceros I'll send you guys. We can add that to a show in the future. Oh, That'd be absolutely. Good. That'd be good. And with that said, anybody got any final goodbyes? Hey, get out there and support your local Gurkha dealer. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes. not down here. Not down here because our Gurkha rep is a douche. <laughs> and hey, Kirk knows exactly yeah, who I'm a, talking about. Hey, Ken, Ken, Man, Ken Mansfield, if you're listening, you earn that. <laughs> yeah, you are a total and complete douchewad. You, you are what you're talking about, but it's funny. I'll put it this way, and Ben, you'll understand it immediately. He's Ken Ball level of douche. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's, that's, that's harsh, man. That's, that's cool. That is, that is fucking harsh. <laughs> Lord. I can picture him right now standing in the cigar room in his fucking sleeveless gold gym tank top that he likes to wear all the time. He's got he's got the slicked back hair, he's got this like sleaze ball goatee. I just like yeah, everything about him just screams D bag. Yeah, he's like the he's like the epitome of a Sopranos Italian Guido douche motherfucker. <laughs> Does he have Chinese symbols tattooed on his forearm? Probably. Like, courage and strength. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he thinks there's a courage and strength. They actually say crackhead or something of that nature. Because he doesn't know. Because, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't know. But anyway, uh, this has been episode 19. We thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Good night. Adios. Adios.